This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Welcome to Gender Health Justice, a series of Kōrero conversations about gender health inequity in Aotearoa, New Zealand. This is a collaboration between Link Roro and Plains FM to amplify marginalised voices and provoke system change. Ko Fiona Dihan Tokuingua. My name is Fiona Dihan, and I decided to start these conversations because I wanted to learn and understand more myself, use my voice to create spaces where these stories and this kōrero could be heard by others and create a more inclusive and understanding Aotearoa New Zealand. Kia ora, Cooper. Welcome. Kia ora. How are you today? Yeah, not too bad. Good. Not too bad. It's such a, such a yeah, it's, it's kind of a, I'm on the fence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not the, 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 the go-to, you have to answer, oh, I'm great. I'm doing good. It's a great yeah. day. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Oh, no. Well, I love your honesty. It's a great start. And we're laughing already. So that's yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, I just want to start by invite. Well, first of all, thanking you for being here. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Um, and I wanted to just invite you to introduce yourself um, to our listener. So please. Yep. Uh, kia ora. Um, kia ora katou. Uh, ko, uh, ko Cooper Toku Ingoa. Um, I'm Pakia. Uh, been born here in Ototahi Christchurch. Um, I am non-binary and um, I've been a youth worker for almost 16 years now. Um, Yeah. Great. Thank you. Um, you, 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 um, you preempted one of my questions, um, which is just totally fine. Um, but I'm going to re-ask it because I think it's really important. Mm-hmm. Is, is, this is a conversation about gender. How do you identify? And tell me a little bit more about that. Yes. Um, so I identify as non-binary. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then my pronouns are they, uh, 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 they them and ear. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I'm also transmasculine, so what that means is I am AFAB, which is I'm assigned female at birth, and I um, identify away from female, um, and the trans part for me, and the transmasculine part for me is that I um, do things, have, have taken steps to be more masculine. Mm. For me personally, um, and this is not everybody who identifies as trans, but for me personally, that has mean, meant that I've been on testosterone for almost three years uh, and that I had top surgery about two years ago. Okay. Yep. Thank you. Thank you for explaining that because, um, as I told you before, I'm very much learning in this space and that's exactly why I've started these conversations because... If I'm learning, I know there's so many others that are learning and that want to do better and be more inclusive and be more understanding. Um, so I really appreciate you taking the time to explain some of those things to us that we don't might not understand. Yeah. Um, you mentioned about your pronouns. Um, you use they, them and ia. Mm-hmm. Why do pronouns matter? Why is that important for you? Um, pronouns are important because they identify who we are. Everybody has pronouns, whether you're trans or whether you're cis. So mm-hmm. cis means not trans. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, everybody has pronouns and they are how people are identified when they're spoken about. And we, it's one of the things that 
is used to identify someone and we are our identity is is a large part of who we are and if we cannot have control of our own narrative of what, what our identity is and cannot um if we don't have the the respect of people um to acknowledge who we say we are and our identity um by using our pronouns then that is very um harmful in that it makes it feel like people feel that we aren't who we are that they don't believe us that we are crazy that we don't exist so a way of owning your own narrative yeah. and and being empowered yeah you know yeah. being empowered to identify and be identified in a way that you define yeah yeah okay yeah. so i define as she her yeah. and you define as they them and yeah yeah okay so for so for me with they them it's um while i am transmasculine um that's because the the female body um that i grew up with wasn't the body that was right for me mm. um and i feel more comfortable in a more masculine frame um that doesn't mean that i identify as male so i am non-binary i am not fully female i'm not fully male i am non-binary mm. so therefore they them um is in ia are, are the pronouns that i use ia being tereo maori um which is essentially they them um yeah you know you've shared so much valuable information in those first couple of minutes and just sharing about yourself and 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 why this matters mm-hmm. um really keen to understand why did you agree to join me for this call over um because i feel that it's really important that people of different experiences of the world um and gender specifically um or any marginalization really that their stories are really important mm. because if people hear our stories and what our lives are like then they're more likely to empathize and want to treat us more human yeah that's a great it's, it's a great reason there in itself isn't it and i remember as we talked previously you know you also mentioned just about you know being a trans rights activist activist and that you you'd observed and witnessed a lot of other people's experiences in this space as well as having your own and mm. um, which we're going to jump into pretty soon then as well but yeah you know some great reasons to have this corridor um about just better understanding each other having more empathy being um being more kind and then seeing each other as human mm. you know as we sit here and look at each other face to face you know that's all we are yeah mm So inequity is defined as a lack of justice or fairness and and we're here talking about gender health and equity or inequity as a transgender person and a non-binary person Cooper what's your experience of inequity in the healthcare system and and what examples can you share um I th- so I think what I've seen is a, a massive cluster um of a mix from a lack of funding and a lack of understanding um through a lot of decisions being made by cisgender people about trans health um and everything more well, a lot in a lot of provision being done by cisgender people without fully consulting and fully actually investing in trans professionals being involved because there's a lot of trans professionals 
but we don't get to actually make that much decisions um, about what happens with our healthcare. Um, and the result of that, where the inequality comes in, as though that isn't inequality enough, mm. is that it, it affects trans people by there being a lack of research being being funded, a lack of funding overall for our healthcare, um, a lack of the professionals who are treating us understanding us. Um, so when trans patients do go to their doctor, their doctor may not, it may be the first time they've seen a trans person, they may not know how to treat them. They may have a few trans patients already but still not really know what they're doing. A lot of the time we as trans people have to educate almost every professional that we come up against or come go to. A lot of the times it is against. And that's and quite so, tiring in itself. Yeah, and so I think right. the fact that my... I wasn't intending to say up against, but that's how <laughs> how it came out. Um mm. Interestingly, most of my experience with health professionals personally, um, with my personal journey um, of my trans experience has been quite supported. Um, I have done had to do a lot of education, but it has been quite quite supported. So that's really interesting that I have set up against. Um, and I think that's been in a lot of my um, professional work in supporting trans young people. Um, and... A lack of, due to that lack of understanding and the lack of um, lived experience going into the the education, um, the 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 system of informed consent, which is the better system that we're being put into now, um, that doesn't it's not it's not really a full version of informed consent. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it, it's there, there's just so many. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, just you know, on the informed, on the informed consent. When I, you know, when we 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 spoke briefly about that previously, I looked up a little bit about that, and that you know, to understand what informed consent is. So, under the code of health and disability services, consumer rights, healthcare services may be provided to you only if you make an informed choice and give informed consent to it. Informed consent is the process of talking about options with your healthcare provider so that you make an informed decision about your healthcare. And this includes the option of saying no to a treatment or procedure. So I thought that was, you know, good to really define mm. what that meant. And I, I think from when we spoke previous, previously, your, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that your concern was that because it's like a chicken and egg thing. Mm. So it's not that, healthcare professionals are intentionally giving you incorrect information so that mm. you can give informed consent. It's that there's this fear uh, that there isn't all of the research that's needed to be done for trans people so that there's quite a lot of unintended consequences. So mm. in some ways, you are giving informed consent within the information that's given, um, but often the information that's given um, hasn't had as much research done on it for trans people. So you could be listed a million risks mm. Actually, the reality is quite different. Is 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 that? Yeah. Kind of? So um, there's there's two po uh, two kind of parts to this this question that I'd like to answer. Mm. One part is around the um, medical professionals go on the side of caution. Um, they're risk adverse um, because um, the 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 risk of giving someone gender affirming care and it being 
uh, the individual coming back and saying, this was the wrong decision for me, how dare you let me do this? That is a, a massive risk for a, a health professional. Mm-hmm. So health prof- professionals have to be risk adverse in this manner um, due to international um, law, uh, not law, sorry, uh, court procedures um, that they've seen. So so they don't they don't kind of just do it willy nilly. Um, but uh, so yeah, so that's that's one one thing I just want to note. The other part of it is so the informed consent process. So if if I talk about it in terms of HRT, so hormone hormone replacement therapy, um, and my personal experience with testosterone, testosterone, um, I was given. So I I, I, w- I was lucky in that I was um, doing transpeer support work. So I, I like, it was my job to understand that. And when I got into the appointment with my um, endocrinologist and he's like, now, do you understand the risks of this? I was just like, this, 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 and rest, listed them off so quickly that he was like, oh, okay, you can do my job kind of thing. <laughs> um, and so, I you know, I was able to list off um, the, basically the list, the, the, Risks are that would put me into similar health categories as a cisgender man of my same weight and age, um, which means higher risk of like cholesterol and heart and those kind of issues. Um, I was able to tell him that um, the the parts of my body that wouldn't change back if I decided to stop using testosterone. So um, hair growth, um, clitoris growth, uh, my voice lowering. Um, just trying to t- think off the top of my mm. head because it's been well, a while now. you understood, you demonstrated an yeah. understanding yeah. of those that maybe someone who didn't have your knowledge couldn't or, or wouldn't be able to. Yeah. Therefore, you were able to advocate. With that knowledge, yeah. you were advocate able to advocate for and give informed consent in a completely different way to someone who did not work in yeah. or have that knowledge that yeah. you had. So there's an inequity there yeah. in itself. Well, so 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 what I was able to give, that in itself, that was that was actually in our informed consent process mm. that we have now in Osatahi Christchurch. So that is what we actually do have, which is fantastic. Because um, when, when I went through the process, informed consent wasn't in place yet. Um, to get HRT. Um, when I went through the process, I had to have a psychological assessment to assess that I was of sound mind and able to make this decision for myself and that um, I truly was trans. Uh, so a, a psychologist had to say that I was trans and then I was able to be given the hormones. Um, now in Otatahi, we have the informed consent model um, in which a doctor or um, a similar professional will go through this process with you and make sure that you understand all of this. Um, so that's just the kind of information that you get during the informed consent. The type of information that you don't get is the stuff that um, requires speaking to trans people to understand. Mm. So that's the lived experience side of things. So... And that's the kind of things that I've discovered after being on testosterone for a while. So, for example, um, that's the things like what the lack of estrogen causes in the urethra for an AFAB person, um, how testosterone affects the nerves, um, because testosterone grows both soft tissue and hard tissue, and it's um, 
there's a high correlation of transmasculine people getting carpal tunnel syndrome. So um, I've had to get um, have carpal tunnel uh, release surgery on both of my wrists. Mm. Um, now, that's not everyone. Um, and if you start to experience those symptoms, you can do physio really early on to make sure that those things don't happen. Um, but I feel like if that information is actually in the informed consent at the beginning, then transmasculine people know how to prepare for these things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's those life, life experience things that isn't included. Yeah, it's very complex. Like, yeah, yeah and, and, that, and that feeds into the conversation we had a little bit about research as well. Mm. That I think you mentioned to me that there was an organisation or some funder that was kind of, you know, oh, let's fund these individuals to do what they need to do. However, you know, that's wonderful that w- people are wanting to help people navigate that process and fund some of this. However, more effectively, our conversation we talked about was it would be more effective to fund more research. Uh, strate- it would be more strategic and would actually help more trans people in the longer term to invest that money in more research on trans people um, so that yeah, it can help more rather than those individuals, I think you were saying. Yeah, um, so this isn't um, an organisation that's set up yet. Um, this is, um, I think, a really cool initiative that um, in a trans individuals written about um, okay. on, a, on a forum. Um, that but they, still a good conversation. Yeah, though. definitely. Yeah, um, and they were wanting to put together a, a fund to support individuals to be able mm. to have um, reassignment surgery, I believe, mm. um, because our... Uh, the fund that we do have, it's been expanded, like the national fund has been expanded to be able to include more people. I think previously the list was about 30 years long, um, whereas now they're able to get through about 10 people a year or something like that. I don't believe due to COVID they've been able to achieve that, but um, mm. slight progress, not enough, but slight progress. Um, so yeah, I think that this person was trying to bolster that amount, which would be fantastic. Um, but I feel what would be very... Um, well, a lot more beneficial to the the wider trans community would be um, a lot more funds going into research so that we could get things like uh, research around how progesterone, um, progesterone affects trans women because a lot of the research currently on how progesterone, progesterone affects um, people is done on cisgender women. Mm-hmm. So a lot of um, medical people don't want to um, do any prescriptions um, or risk things because there isn't enough research. Yeah, the research yeah. isn't there. And yeah. as we said before, we understand that those kind of, that risk aversion is there for a reason. Yeah. However, um, who's missing out? Who is not getting equitable treatment mm. um, because of that lack of research is, you know, as you said, that's one of those one of those issues. Um, I remember when we, we spoke as well and we, we talked about it a little bit just before we, we uh, started recording here, um one of the one of the issues you talked about is that um that transgender and, and transgender people experience and I'm putting this in inverted commas normal health issues as well <laughs> and what I mean by normal in inverted commas is you know your coughs colds chest infections whatever you know even more serious cancer you know and and you spoke to me about you spoke to me about how often those things can just get deprioritized by the person because their gender related health issues are so much more pressing and mm. influencing their mental health and um yeah and I'd be I'd love to I'd be interested to hear you speak a little bit more about that 
and and the impact that that has. Mm, for sure, yeah. Um, so so much of the time, so so one thing that I think is really important to understand is that transgender and, and non-binary people, we are everybody else. We are mm. everybody. We are disabled people. We are Pakeha. We are Maori. We are Pacifica. We are everybody. Mm. Um, and we experience all of this other health issues that everybody else experiences at the same rate, um, if not higher, because as um, marginalised groups of people due to our gender, um, we have what is called minority stress. So mm. due to those stress levels, our body is undergoing more more issues and um, that means that we're more likely to experience higher um, health issues. That aside, we, we often neglect a lot of our health issues because our trans issues, trying to get gender-affirming care, that is such a higher priority for us because there's a sense of urgency that that is just beyond beyond general pain, beyond general discomfort that we can that, that we just have to get that addressed. Mm. Um, and this kind of goes down to what we spoke about earlier a little bit with pronouns and identity and a lot of the time, people don't want to respect our identity if we don't look right. Um, in inverted commas, you know, if we don't look how we say we are. Um, or, and so, you know, that's why we, we often feel like we have to get hormone replacement therapy or we have to get something done sooner um, because it's not just our own dysphoria, but there's also social dysphoria because of how people will treat mm. us. Um, because if we walk into a shop and people see us and they assume that we are X, Y, Z because of how we look, we don't just get our own um, our own reflection, but we get how other people will treat us. Um, so, yeah, that often means that our other issues can get worse. Um, and, yeah, um, it, it's not that we don't know that those issues need to be treated, but... Let's be honest, if you're most of us can barely afford to go to the doctor for a 15 minute appointment, and how much can you get through in a 15 minute appointment? And like, I know most GPs, if a person comes with a list of things to do, it's like, okay, what are the top two things on the list? Mm. And the top two things, if there's anything gender related, it's going to be that. Um, and if you're on work and income, one of those things is also going to be work and income, and anything else on that list is going to get neglected. It's bombed. Yeah. Yeah, and I just want to, if you don't mind, I'd quote you from when we sat down to have a chat just to prepare for this. You, you said to me, we needed this stuff dealt with before we were born. Yeah. And that just hit me when I heard that. I wrote it down straight away. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't understand that. When you say that to me, I understand that, but... Yeah. I hadn't thought about it that way. Yeah. That was a really profound way to to describe that. And I I guess, I, you know, there's some of those experiences that you've talked about and some of those issues around informed consent and and um, and, and around, around what we've just talked about. I, I'm, how do how do these ex, how have these experiences made you feel? What has been the impact for you, you know, on your your feelings, on your life? Yeah, yeah. Um. I think one of one of the one of the major impacts has been uh, frustration, um, because like I understand that people who don't experience it can't fully understand it. I get that, um, so I understand that people don't understand our urgency. 
but it's frustrating that when I see people get frustrated by resources being put towards us and it hurts me, like it hurts my feelings when I see people who say that they care about the trans community getting butthurt by resources getting put towards us because we need those resources and if we didn't need those resources they wouldn't be put towards us. Um, so th- that's one thing that I've, I've been really struggling with lately. Um, like, yeah, the people getting frustrated by the idea of equity. Um, I, yeah, I've also experienced um, job loss <laughs> um, because there's not enough funding and resourcing to be able to have enough people doing the work that I, that I do um, or was doing um, around, around the place. Um, another, another major thing, um, is, and, and especially, this is especially if you are more on the trans activist end of being a trans person, because as a trans person, you kind of have two options. You've got the options of, I'm going to be a people pleaser and I'm just going to accept what I get and be, and be grateful for what I get, even if it's just crumbs and be quiet. Um, I'm not good at that. I am, um, especially because I, uh, yeah, I, I see inequities. I see things happen for other people that aren't fair, and I can't not say something, and I can't mm. not point that out, and I can't not want for things to be better for other people in the future. If I, if something negative happens to me, I don't want it to happen to the next person, so I want to say something. So I tend to, so so I'm the other side of things. The the person who says something, I'm the trans sore thumb, essentially, and people get sick of the sore thumb, and people want to cut off the sore thumb. So I think one of my hardest experiences has been the, being the sore thumb that people get sick of hearing about, hearing from, and discluding, mm. and cutting off, um, and losing community due to that, and losing support. Thank you for having the courage to be here today and to continue to speak out because I talk you, I support you and I'm, I'm really glad that you're here. Thank you. Um, hmm. We've been talking about equity and inequity and I think it's also important for us to, we mentioned equality a couple of times maybe as well and the difference between the two that it isn't, it isn't about equality as in everyone should be treated the same. It's about everyone getting the same opportunities. And sometimes people need to be treated differently to get the same opportunities or have the same opportunities to, to thrive. And that's mm-hmm. equity that we're talking about, right? And and we've we've talked about, and, and again, I quote you. I'm quoting you a lot. <laughs> you say a lot of cool stuff. Um you, you said to me that the world doesn't know what it looks like for trans people to thrive. And I thought that, again, was a really profound comment. And, and I'd love you to think about where are places and spaces where trans people are maybe getting opportunities to thrive and what's happening in those spaces? So mm-hmm. getting to think about action now, you know, what are the actions that you would like people to take or consider as a result of this that would help 
trans people to thrive and contribute all of themselves and all of their awesome selves mm-hmm. in whatever scenario or situation they're in. So, yeah, what, what would you say are the things people can do? I think one of the major things for me is understanding the, the emotional labour that it takes for us as individuals to correct people um, or to question systems that don't work for us. Um, if you're our friend or, a, or an ally and you see something, please do say something for us. It will take so much less effort for you to. Um, you could ask us to come with you or to, I don't know, back you up or something, but if you can do the mahi for us, the work for us, that would be so significant because that will that will save our energy because we have to do so many more fights every day that people don't see about, see happen. Um, and it will also mean that it prevents us from being the sore thumb in a lot of situations and being cut out. Um, another thing is understand your own biases and beliefs about gender. Um, what what that can look like is when you hear an argument against a trans um, advocate or against uh, I know, a law being changed. So, for example, we had two laws um, come through in Aotearoa in the last year um, for the rainbow population, Um, one of them being for transgender people to be able to self-identify their gender on their uh, birth certificate. And there was a group that started up um, specifically to stop that law from going through. And they spread a whole lot of lies about or misunderstandings about the trans community, Mm. one of them being um, that... Uh, cisgender men would go, would change their birth certificate so that they can go into women's prisons to commit sex crimes against women prisoners. And people hear this idea, they become frightened, and they become frightened about the trans population rather than thinking about this isn't a trans problem, (laughs) this isn't a reason to not support trans people, Mm. this is actually a separate ju- criminal justice issue. We still need to support trans people. Let's start thinking about how we're processing what we're hearing. To be curious. Yeah. Be curious about information, about legislation. Yeah. And even if it doesn't relate to you or you don't think it relates to you, but that's a position of privilege, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if I say, see a piece of legislation and I go, ah, oh, that's nothing to do with me, then I'm, not, I'm pretty privileged yeah, you know, so maybe I have an opportunity to be curious and ask questions and challenge. Is is that kind of what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like that legislation itself was so important. Not only did it mean that people, trans people, didn't, what when it comes into law officially, trans people won't have to go to court to get their um, identity correct. But for non-binary people like myself, we actually will be able to have our identity correct because previously there was no law that allowed us to have X on our birth certificate. So mm. it was a, it was imperative that this law did happen. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, what else you know, <laughs> would you say, would you encourage people to do in spaces that might help trans people and non-binary people to thrive? Um, listen to the, the wisdom of our lived experiences. Um, it's, it's, it, and I understand that this is really tricky because as trans people, um, and I actually see this recently in um, a rainbow hui, um, 
as trans people, we hold a lot of trauma. And as traumatised individuals, and this is uh, this speaks for a lot of traumatised individuals, not just trans people, when we undergo stress and when we undergo conflicting situations, it's really difficult for us to understand where the threat truly is. So when we have our experiences, we often have conflicting views on situations. So when I say listen to our experiences, I ask that you listen to a group of experiences, not just one. Um, And I know this makes it a bit more complex and a bit more difficult, um, but I know that means that you have to kind of Use greater empathy to try to understand a larger group of people that are actually quite complex. Mm. Um, And kind of an example that I'd like to use for this is there's something that's called transmedicalization. Um, And this is a group of people who are from both cisgender and transgender communities. Um, And they are people who believe that you need to undergo medical processes to or procedures to count as being transgender. So you have to actually receive hormone replacement and you have to undergo all of these surgeries to actually count as a transgender person. Um, they tend to also believe more in the binary experience as well rather than accepting non-binary people. Um, and this was something for me as a non-binary person coming into the, the trans space that I had to really try to figure out what was happening, especially when I was supporting younger trans people through their experiences. Um, and so, and I know that a lot of people try to look at those experiences and they're like, oh, well, the community has so many different opinions. Who do I listen to? What, what do I do? And I think that's when you need to start looking at the history of our community um, personally, and I, I, this is my personal view, um, but I believe that these types of views come from our history, from um, from what trans people used to have to do to be able to get mm. any sense of safety and any sense of um, acceptance in the mm. community. But that's evolved. Is, yeah. Is, you yeah. know, so it's almost, genera- you know, understanding the, the history and the story yeah. um, has meant that You'd said seek seek a range of experiences, and um, so you're not here speaking on behalf of the whole transgender non-binary community. You are yeah. one person, and this is a, your, Cooper's story. Yeah. And you're encouraging that if people want to understand more, that they speak to many people because actually mm. there's a diverse range of beliefs yeah. within the trans community itself. It's not this is what the trans community believes. Nobody can say that. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So be cur- again the curiosity. Yeah, and and I think that some of the the different opinions um, come from a trauma response um, because you know some of these people will um, speak to non-binary people um, in a way that you know say they will say to us, it's ta- we, we've had to do so much for us to be accepted, and you make people think that we're a joke. So please just choose one or the other. Mm. And, you know, to me, that sounds like a trauma response. And then they will go out to the rest of the world and they will undermine our experience. So I think if you if you start to look at the larger picture, um, 
and use empathy um, rather than just go, oh, the, the community's got different opinions. It, um, it, it helps you to try to understand us better. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's such a good point. And you know what? I think it's relevant for a lot of communities is that there is no one lived experience of this because there's intersectionality as well. Mm. Right. As you mentioned, you know, um, trans people are across all cultures and abilities and age groups and beliefs. It's not just one. Mm. There's a diversity within that. And that's not that doesn't mean that it's not it lacks cohesion. That actually means that it's human. Mm. (laughs) This community is human and and has diverse experiences in it as well. Mm. Yeah. Mm. One that I want to point out um, that you we spoke about a bit earlier, but again, I think it's so important and it's a simple thing that everyone can do is ask for people's pronouns. Yeah. Yes. Ask for people's pronouns. And, and if you get corrected, say thank you instead of getting upset because you had said to me and I thought that was such a great point that um, correcting um, the, it takes, it means that there's trust and safety there. So mm. it's actually a really positive thing. Um, and that uh, proactively as a as a cisgender person, that if I'm having a round of introductions, that I proactively share my pronouns yeah. because that then invites um, anyone else to do so as well yeah. um, and makes it OK, you know. Um, and I just thought that was that's something because you know, often people will hear these issues and think, oh, what, what, what can I do about this? How can I make change? Well, well, there's one there's one small thing that you can do and, and just that being curious as well. Yeah. Mm. Um, online, there's some resources um, for organisations, um, like posters that say "Tell me your pronouns" um, that you can put up. Um, we'll put some show, um, some links in the show notes for them. Yeah. Um, there's and and um, yeah. If you feel uncomfortable saying someone directly, "What are your pronouns?" Um, that might feel you know a bit a bit abrupt. You can say, "Hey, how do you prefer for me to refer to you?" Like, mm. how, how would you like for me to refer to you? Sorry, mm. because um, that that could feel a little bit more more comfortable. Um, I would like to note also that they are our pronouns, not our preferred pronouns, because we we don't have a preference. They are our pronouns. Um, yeah, that's yeah. Thank you. I mean, yeah. I'm not even sure if I've said that. No, you I haven't. Know, you yeah. haven't. I just yeah. just for, for the listeners. Good. <laughs> yeah. 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 No. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you, um, Cooper. If you were. To wrap things up, I guess, today, um, if you were sitting across from our listener right now, just like you are with me, and you could just see each other's faces and really connect with our listener, what's the most important thing or messages you'd want to leave, want them to leave this corridor with? Um, there's a few. Um, if a trans person comes into your life, whether it's a child, a client, a friend, something like that, anyone, um, please try to understand that we are a person we're a human just like everyone else, um, just like you, and that we need for you to want to learn a little bit about us to make us feel included in the space that, that we're in. Um, and please make a little bit of an effort to make sure that there are space, those spaces are safe for us. Um, one of those things could be putting up gender-diverse signs, um, uh, sorry, uh, gender-neutral signs on toilets, for example. Um, things that just uh, like silently indicate that it's safe for us there. Um Another thing is um, I want to note that there's a lot of transgender people and non-binary people who are um, neurodivergent, um, so ADHD or um, or on the um, autistic spectrum. Um, we 
um, that this means that we experience the world in a bit more different of a way as well and need a bit more support in those ways. Um, and I'd love to speak to trans and non-binary people directly and just say to you that you're valid and I know that a lot of the time it can be really, really difficult feeling seen and feeling heard and feeling like life can be so much of a battle sometimes, but there are people out there who are wanting to see you and are wanting to hear you and are wanting to make the world a better place for you. And if you haven't found your community yet, you will find it. So please, please keep keep, keep going and, and, and find your people. Um, I do have hope for the future. Um, you know, seeing these laws these two laws changing um, recently. Um, Also, the New Zealand census, for the first time, is going to be recording trans and non-binary people. Um, And the census is what is responsible for health funding around the country. I'm hopeful this means that we're going to have more funding for the trans population for the first time, um, since we will actually be counted. Um, So I think that it's really important that when we see these positives happen that we we note them and we we do do see the hope that they bring um, and try to invest ourselves around creating opportunities around those 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 things that's a really positive a really positive note to, to end our core on and it's 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 not diminishing any of the other challenges and barriers we've already talked about not for a moment. However, it's important for us to acknowledge what is what the progress that we're making as yeah. well, yeah. you know, and to and to give hope and 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 to that message that you've put out to to um to some of our to to our listener, um, if they have come from a, a similar situation as you, to you know to keep going and and find your find your tribe and um yeah, yeah that you're worth it. Yeah, and mm. and you know, the fact that. You know, that a lot of our health needs can be neglected because we're trying to just get our gender needs met. That's not a reason to bury your head to our trans needs. That's a reason to put more urgency and more funding towards us mm. because then we can actually become thriving individuals. And, you know, like, like you quoted from me earlier, the world doesn't know what thriving trans people look like. Mm. And, or, or, you know, add the neurodiversity to that, Neurodiverse people are really, really interesting, creative thinkers. We could bring so much colour to the world. Mm. Like, just wait and see. Like, it doesn't need to be scary. It could actually be really exciting. So Mm. let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's all thrive. Let's all better understand each other and thrive and um, create spaces where we're amplifying all of those voices. Mm. Cooper, thank you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure. You're welcome. Thanks Um, for having me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Gender Health Justice. This is one of a series of conversations. Podcasts of the series will be available on the Plains FM website, Spotify and Apple. I want to hear what you think and the questions you have. Copy and paste the link in the podcast description to share what's on your mind through a short survey. If you want more information or you'd like to contact me, do so through the survey too. Please share with your networks so that we can continue to amplify marginalised voices, provoke system change 
and help us all be more inclusive and understanding of others' experiences. Thank you, Link Roro and Plains FM for supporting this project.